Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in The Canon Canon. She's like a debutante holding her nose in the cattle yard. What? Welcome to the Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I am Frank Garcia. I shall be the devil on your back. Hail. <laughs> yes. And you are the devil on my back in the best way possible, Frank. Welcome to the Canon Canon. Of course, this is the podcast where we talk about Canon films and all of their amazing output. And uh, so this is our... Look, again, this is our Canon Canon bros uh, behind the curtain. This is our first episode of the new year. Yep. But also we got kind of knocked off because of the holidays. So you probably already listened to Predator 2 in the main feed. And if you haven't, check it out because we moved it over from Patreon. We got too excited about Santa. We did. We just got derailed. We said, ooh, we can't contain our excitement. And we could not sit down to record. It was crazy. Frank kept sending me photos every other day, sometimes every day, of him on Santi's lap. That's and right. I was like, you got to stop going to different Santa locations. I'm it's dangerous for you Omicron and your right family. Now. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, Frank is the super spreader. He's the one to blame. for. Yeah, I'm somehow <laughs> immune, but I can spread it very easily. You're like Typhoid Mary, uh, you know? <laughs> and I'm talking the Daredevil character, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if I vaguely remember my official handbook of the Marvel Universe descriptor of Typhoid Mary. Uh, but... Yes, so uh, this is our first episode of the year, uh, uh, basically, and a happy new year. Uh, This is 2022. Everything's going to be different, literally. Uh, Uh, We're telling you right now, we're like Nostradamus. (laughs) We are the Nos. Just call us the Nos bros. Hey, the Nos bros, take us by the hand. It's going to be okay. (laughs) So... Today we are, well, first I want to do a little bit of business. We already mentioned Patreon there. Mm-hmm. And so we're starting the year off strong with some business. Uh, the, the, the episode you've already listened to in this year was Predator 2. That was on our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Canon Canon. Currently, just to let you know, you could be listening to Predator on our Patreon. <laughs> we, we decided to do episode. the first one, even though I know Jeff explains himself. I vaguely explain myself, but also Frank is being very kind as a kind friend, and I hardly explain why we can actually justify it as a canon. We just wanted to watch it. It's just a movie we wanted to watch it. Don't you want to watch it? I mean, we basically explained it's a perfect movie, but it's on. Come on. Get on our backs. Uh, Jesus criminy. So we've got Predator on our Patreon. Uh, So we also, we've got a couple people we want to give some shout outs mentioning Patreon. Uh, I also want to say, it's not like we have so many that I lose so much track, but I'm also kind of a dummy and I do lose track. Uh, uh, If you haven't gotten your shout out on the Patreon, uh, and I heard this on With Gorley and Rust, and I was like, oh, smart people, as always, uh, just send us a little mail. Send us an email. Uh, Send us a note either to the Patreon or to the canoncanon at gmail.com. Let us know we haven't given, uh, you know... if we did, don't try to fool us, all right? <laughs> fool How us dare once. we say your name twice? It yes. takes a lot of effort. 
Speaking of, we're probably going to say a couple of people's names twice today, but... Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> uh, fine. Yeah, if you fool us once, shame on us, definitely, because we will not remember, because we somehow, our brains are broken. Uh, if Absolutely. we if you, if you send us, like, two emails, say we didn't do it, you probably will fool us and shame on us again. Mm-hmm. If we get up to, like, ten times, then shame on you, is what uh, I say. Y- y- you can't fool me again. Y- you can't that? fool me again. Wait, what was that? <laughs> uh, Bush... <laughs> <laughs> remember that I hey this is in my other podcast what's that from <laughs> 90s edition <laughs> man that's something you and uh, i could aughts, do thank you yes what's that from aughts edition never mind <laughs> i'm so, talking about the other bush oh george w now you got <laughs> it um i love that movie my favorite movie is w um so uh, we're going to cover that in a future episode of Could Have Been a Can. <laughs> Somehow. So, I uh, want to give a shout out uh, to, it's been a little bit, but thank you, Jason uh, Petrie. Jason Petrie. Again, you can also let me know if uh, we say your name wrong. Yeah. Uh, people say my name wrong all the time. And my last uh, name all the time wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you, Hedgel. Um, well, motherfucker. <laughs> Better than Heil, which... Yes, that, speaking of, we'll get yeah. to that uh, candid bro catchphrase. Um, also want to give a shout out to Brian Armstrong. Brian Armstrong, we already gave you a shout out, but brother, you updated. You're in the Golan and Globus category. Oh, yeah. You are, you are essentially a producer of this show. That arm and is strong. You have, yes, Armstrong, you got the strongest arm of the bunch legally now. Uh, now, again, we've said this before. If you sign up for Golden and Globus, you are a producer in name. You have no say beyond being a Patreon member and having actually a surprising amount of say in what we do here. Uh, now it's just deciding, are you Golan or Globus? Uh, you know. I think he's probably, I'm going to say, Brian, you are probably uh, a Yoram Globus. Mostly just because I'm using the logic of you are a Patreon member. You help us out financially each month. Uh, Yoram was the the, the money behind uh, Menachem's crazy ideas. (laughs) Especially if you watch the Go-Go Boys documentary, it really solidifies that it definitely at one point he was like, what are we doing? (laughs) Like, we are spending so much money. Um, (laughs) But uh, thank you so much, Brian. Uh, uh, you will be getting your personalized uh, Bronson thank you video, which is one of the perks. That's right, boyo. <laughs> Just a little taste. You all could get that if you wanted to. Uh, uh, so thank you again, Brian Armstrong. Also, I think we already said your name, but Ed Harris, thank you for being a Patreon member. But I also want to double thank you because... This all connects. I am perfect at connecting things. In the Patreon, we often do things where if you're a Patreon member, you can do things like guide us in what we want to do. And unless I'm getting this wrong, we ask people, what what are movies you definitely want us to cover that are canon or could have been a canon related? We got a lot of could have been a canons, uh, but we got a bunch of canons as well. And one of the, the suggestions was from Ed, and he suggested today's movie, which we thought was a great way to start off the new year of Canon Canon with a Canon film that is also one that was uh, not high on my list at all. Almost had no. no idea of what it was, which I will also say, spoiler, not spoiler, uh, great way to go into this movie. 
Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what was going to be happening in this movie, which is, of course, 1989's yeah. River of Death. River of Death, starring it, Michael Dudikoff. Michael Dudikoff in a role that's you didn't imagine him doing in some ways. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so today we are covering 1989's River of Death. And uh, it's a Dudikoff film. It's got Donald Pleasance. It has got, uh, oh, what's that guy's name? I'm already blanking. I have it in my notes. LG? No, LT? LQ. LQ. Yes. Uh, so, River There's of Death some is. Yeah. The, yeah, we've got some connections here. So, just to say, so River of Death, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you know, Frank, this is, is it the second to last proper canon release or. Is it the first when Menachem left and Yoram went off a little bit? It's a little uh, 80, confusing to me. Yeah, 89 was like kind of the last year for Canon Entertainment or Canon International, Canon Group Incorporated. Because, yes. uh, I mean, there's a lot of uh, pretty big uh, kind of, I'd say pretty big, but yeah, <laughs> there's, there's, <laughs> there's some uh, Canon films during this year. I'll actually list what those Canon films are, but there was only like, I say only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight canon films released this year, but that was the last of the uh, releases. If I'm looking at this right, which I probably or am was not. Cyborg the last one? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that that is true because Cyborg. No, 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 it wasn't Cyborg. Um, let me see here. Sorry about this. Uh, yeah, Cyborg was the last to be released by Canon proper. Right. According to this thing. Okay, right. that's home video releases. Let's see. Right. Here. Well, that's something it gets we... into a whole other thing. So, um that is actually something that we need to address is a, both a thank you and a what the hell. Someone I almost want to say it's because of us. Can I pat ourselves on the back for because we've been branching off into HBO Canon films? I feel like recently somebody updated the Wikipedia with the insane amount of acquisitions that Canon got. It's uh yeah. And and before the list of Canon films quote unquote was like all the main ones and then they'd have some of the like oh here are the theatrical release here are the ones when Yoram started off and and Menachem wasn't there and now someone has added if not many people every single section where it's like this is HBO Canon Video in Germany. This is where it is in England. This And it is so many movies. And it makes it both impossible. amazing. Yeah, it's like an impossible feat if we're doing every kit. Because it's also like it's added so many good ones on for us. But it also makes it that it makes a confusing company even more confusing. Because this is what I realized I was doing wrong, was Sinbad of the Seven Seas, which is a movie we almost covered, was the second to last proper, I believe, of yeah. canon. And be, and so that's why I got confused, because it came out April 1st, and then April 7th was Cyborg. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, this is one carry over into, I think it's when Menachem leaves. And, but it's still kind of... It is September 29th, 1989, and it's a canon production, and this is when it was under the leadership of Ovidio G. Asantis, and then later Globus and Pierce. 
after Menachem <laughs> left, after the sale of Canon to Giancarlo Peretti. So, yeah, this isn't Golan and Globus. That's why I was wondering. It's like, oh, it doesn't say Golan and Globus production. Right. It's because Globus wasn't involved from 89 to 92. So there's this weird area where, like, I don't even understand. But that's also Rockula. That's also Lombada, which is one I would love to yeah. do that I would love that I can't find. Well, we have find. to do the, the, the battling Lombada films, for yeah. it. But that's a killer, too, is I think what we can find Forbidden Dance, but Lombada, which is the one I know better, is nowhere to be found. <laughs> it is wild. Well, uh, Tubi saved us on this one. Tubi saved us on this one. So, yes, just an FYI, River of Death is on Tubi. Uh, and I will not say as this. many mads, ads either, yeah, I'll say. exactly. I was going to say, I don't know if it was because there's just this movie and they're like, whatever. Right. No one's going to watch this. <laughs> yes. But because usually I'm used to like watching on Tubi or Pluto or any of the other ones, there's like a ton of ads and it go- they always put them in the worst places. But for some reason <laughs> in this movie, the Tubi uh, yeah. stream, they actually put the commercials in good places and, and it it, they're like good. 15 seconds long. Yeah. Except for there was this awful, awful Blue Chew ad. Ugh, God damn. You can't escape Blue Chew. Speaking of, in the new year, Blue Chew, our new sponsor. That's right. (laughs) You need to get it up. You then chew it down. (laughs) Get it up, chew it down. (laughs) Chew it down, get it up. See, they should hire us. I mean, it's right here, people. This is all gold. So, uh, yeah. But I don't have that problem. I will say, we have none of that problem. We're we're hard. I don't have that. I'm a man. (laughs) Get up naturally. I just think about it. Going, um, I will say, speaking of what you said, after this, for some reason, I decided to watch Crocodile Dundee on Pluto <laughs> TV. And it was the prime example because they put a fucking ad literally right at the part where it's like, I'm going to mug you. Here's my knife. And he's just about to say, that's not a knife. This is a knife. And they went to like a Blue Chew ad or something. <laughs> Chew it up, get it down. That always reminds <laughs> me of the Mr. Show sketch where they, they do the uh, gangster movie Pallies. Yeah. That's supposed to be like Goodfellas. And then it's like, he's like, why? Why did you kill? And he's like, I'll tell you why. And then it goes to a commercial. <laughs> yes. uh, Mr. Show. It was funny. Just yeah. let you know. We're giving you a little spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, this is it, it. That's why it's also kind of like a fun one, I think, to start the year off. Because it's a it's 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 both a confusing as hell one. And uh, the movie itself is confusing yes. in a weird way. And is even though it's in it's like both a canon and not a canon, as you said, doesn't have Yoram and Menachem there and i still don't understand the business of that exactly it must just been right but either way it feels so canon like it felt it feels uh it feels because it's also a throwbacky movie kind of because it has tonal shifts that's what Uh clearly makes it canon but it feels of a different time of canon and doesn't feel like an 89 except for Every once in a while, Dudikoff looking like he's dressed like Buckaroo Bonsai, <laughs> which makes no sense because the movie is set in 1965. I mean, there are some... If you thought Alan Quatermain was kind of bargain bin Indiana Jones, <laughs> yes. this is bargain bin Alan Quatermain. That's the crazy part. There were so many parts of this. And it is another one, too, though, I have to say, where, like, you're... You, because I don't know the source material... yeah. 
I, I, it's hard to know if the plot choices and the choices in the movie are because of the original book, because it's based off of a book, an 81 uh, novel by Alistair McLean. I mean, uh, uh, Jeff, I'm looking behind you, and you have a bookshelf full of Alistair McLean's <laughs> books. It's it's all it's packed to the brim of it. What are you talking about? You don't. Know. I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. I didn't want to show my cards. Uh, I've got 27 Alistair McLean novels. Yeah, um, you're a mean McLean, as they call it, those fans. Definitely. That's a, I started the fan club. I mean, he is a guy, he, like, wrote a bunch of movies and books, and they, like, 15 of his books got translated into movies, including, like, Force 10 from Navarone, Ice Station Zebra, like, all these movies that you're like, man, maybe I've watched those. Um, But, so, it's hard to tell, because I also, the minute it started, I was like, I bet you this is a low-rent Alan Quatermain, and I was just guessing they were doing the canon move of, like... It's it's in it's 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 royalty free. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> I was like shocked. Winnie the was, Pooh now. Yes, exactly. And get ready for me and Frank's Winnie the Pooh spec script. Uh, that guy fucks. He chews a lot of blue chew. Uh, <laughs> it is wild. Uh, this is integrated marketing too, by the way. Um, but I just imagine we would find out this is a book from like 1886 that. Uh, had lost the copyright and Menachem and that in you know Canon Group could do whatever they wanted with it. I was shocked it was eighty one. So then you're just constantly just oh, like, wow. wait, yeah, were the choices in this book an eighty one choice? Like that's a wild move. Yeah. Uh, if I had to give the elevator pitch one line, I've realized this is also something I could do, but like is look at the IMDb because I started actually, we've talked about it. We do a mini sodes, uh, mini series on one of my other podcasts. Uh, What's that from where we've been covering the 10 to one sketches. It's very fun to give the summary that the SNL intern <laughs> thinks should be the description of the, of the sketch. Cause it is the most humorless, game-free description of a sketch comedy thing. I'm going to tell you the IMDb description, which is... Okay, let's see here. This was submitted by uh, Samiru01. An adventurer decides to go in search of the lost city in the Amazon jungle. A motley crew of other people with reasons of their own decide to join him for the wealth of the lost city, but to their horror, they find out that they have bit off more than they can chew. What with a Nazi doctor still doing his experiments on people in the same place? So I not a what great with? summary. What with is a little confusing. It's basically, uh, it is uh, Alan Quatermain searching it's, for the lost city yeah, of Nazi a mad mad world. <laughs> yes. And it's a mad, mad, mad world, which I wrote down myself. <laughs> it is so many things all at once and kind of confusing to, uh, it, uh, again, it's a classic hand because it's hard to explain. Before we explain more, Frank, do we have any stats on yeah. the River of Death? All right. River of Death, a.k.a. Alistair McLean's River of Death, came out September 29th, 1989. Don't have a budget, but it did make... <laughs> Five hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. I I I knew it wasn't going to go to million. I mean, it's oh, just. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was directed by Steve Carver, who we know from Lone Wolf McQuaid, and Exciting. again LQ. You know, uh, he was yeah. in Lone Wolf. There's a couple of uh, actors, but um, took me like written- ten minutes to realize that was LQ. 
Yeah, from Lone Wolf. I didn't. I was like, why does this guy look so familiar? That I thought it was and... Eddie Bunker from uh, that prisoner who like uh, wrote prison novels. Who was in Reservoir Dogs? Oh boy, you yeah. know, like. Uh, but yeah, and when I just I realized it was LQ, I was like, oh right, McQuaid. <laughs> so awesome. Um, yeah, it was written by Andrew Deutsch, who wrote Delta Force Three, uh, and some <laughs> other it. stuff. Uh, not too much other stuff, and then Edward Simpson who only wrote a handful of TV episodes in the 60s and then one feature in 1970 called The Mind of Mr. Soames. And that movie is about a man who has been in a coma since infancy and he's awakened. Wow. And the it has Terrence Stamp in it and Robert Vaughn, who's in this movie too. But the the look up the movie poster. It's really weird because it says... Uh, can this infant kill or something like that? I don't know if it's a it's horror, a horror movie. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, what is it called? It's called The Mind of Mr. Soames. S O A M E S. There it is. It showed up and it's like him, like the the posters, like of this guy, like screaming, like he's a baby, yeah. and there's like kind of like it looks like a crib kind of thing with toys. And what does the tagline say? Uh, can this baby kill? There you go. Can this baby kill? I mean, I'm probably going to watch The Mind of Mr. Selms tonight. Like, it feels <laughs> like a care of also that movie, The Baby, which have you ever seen The Baby? Oh, my God. So disturbing. Yes. So, like, that I'm definitely, okay, I'm into this. That makes me <laughs> very excited. All right. The Mind of Dr. Selms. <laughs> so, I, it just was so interesting because I was like, oh, I don't know why I clicked on it or what, but I was like, I'll just check what, what this movie is because it was only his only uh, movie credit other than this. Wait, is so. Terrence Stamp the fucking baby? He is. <laughs> I am so intrigued by this. This might have to movie. be a could have or a might hard have pivot. to be. Um, but anyway, we're talking about 1989, one of the best movie years. Uh, we got Batman, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Lethal Weapon Two, Rain Man, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Look Who's Talking, Ghostbusters Two, Dead Poets Society, Parenthood, Back to the Future Part Two. So out of 200 movies that are listed on Box Office Mojo, where do you think this landed? Didn't land. That's got to be my guess. Correcto. Not so. If you're not breaking a million, you're going to break it 750,000. Yeah. Uh, that would be a hard pre- That That list, I say it almost every time. I really love hearing that top 10 list because that this movie feels so out of place, even more so. Way out of place. Like what? Where does that fit in the fucking cultural zeitgeist at all? It's not, it's like, because uh, it's also, it's like deciding to do, because it's a mashup of like five different styles of movies is what it feels like. It feels like you're also doing five different styles of movies that it would be weird if there was a ripoff of it five years before this. You know well, what I, I mean? <laughs> I have a feeling, knowing how their minds work, uh-huh. Uh, canon is they heard that they were making another Indiana Jones that would be out at a certain time. Yeah. And they were like, well, we got to kind of make something kind of similar to that. Right. To ride yeah. on that popularity in case yes. people still want that juice. I mean, and yeah, I, I it like Indiana Jones, Quatermain. Romancing the stone sometimes, yeah. <laughs> like not really even. They don't really follow no. through. Do you know uh, that Robert Ginty was supposed to, from Exterminator Two? Crazy was set to a star in it, and then all of a sudden it was Dudikoff. Yeah, 
I also saw that at least in ads, uh, <laughs> Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah. I've got a feeling they never talked to Christopher Walken about no, that. No, they definitely didn't. <laughs> no. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is... Like we said, I, I, yeah. So, I mean, like my broad overview, just to give the kind of broad strokes before we really get into it, is like, I wasn't, it wasn't bad. Like, I wasn't, I didn't, it, I, 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 when it started, I briefly was like, even when we picked it, I was like, oh man. <laughs> like, yeah. This is, where are we going to get another, um, uh, what's the the movie that he the other Dudikoff war movie we watched? Oh, Soldier, yeah, a uh, 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 platoon leader. Platoon yes. leader, yeah. I had because I had no concept of what it could be, and at and and oddly, although it again does fit into a tone thing for at least one scene, there was a brief period where I was like looking at the main poster you look at and being like, "Is this an Italian movie?" Like I thought it <laughs> yeah. was gonna be like Rogero Deodato had directed it, and I was like, "Oh my god, did they make like a cannibal like movie?" Uh, and again, there is one scene that we'll get into that like briefly has said, "You're like, what the fuck are you guys doing?" Yeah. But I didn't. I and then I just thought it was gonna be just like a yeah, like I was like, "Oh, is it gonna be too serious?" Like Platoon Leader, is it gonna be just kind of a fine action movie? Because I was like eighty nine feels late anyways if you're just looking yeah. at the box it's such a whatever name river of death like is pretty cool but also who knows um and i guess ultimately i was weirdly pleasantly surprised watching it did i like it i don't know completely i i liked parts of it i think it was pretty boring for me here's a question then going off of that statement was it more boring than king solomon's minds or like alan quatermain at times uh i would say slightly less boring it might have been weirdly slightly less boring or not slightly less boring sorry uh slightly more boring you think so yeah maybe i do think so but how much of that is nostalgia that i I had for watching quatermain growing up well for me i had no real Right. nostalgia for it so i think that like for me you have uh richard chamberlain yeah right yeah yeah richard chamberlain and he I, that charm of his and like dudikoff i love dudikoff in the american engine movies but man like the choices they make with him in this are just so weird it's just yeah. like he it's just so the performance and the voiceover the like i mean like he is i mean more than harrison ford in Blade Runner, like this one sounds like he's falling asleep. Like he's got a heroin nod off. Like I when could he's not doing this hear him and a couple lines. It was so low and sleepy sounding. And yeah, like it was just like, especially when they'd follow it up with him talking brightly. Like yeah, after well, he'd be like, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> I mean, not to get into it already. I mean, we might as well. But like, there that part where after they abduct uh, the woman, yeah, and he's trying to survive in the jungle, and he's frantically eating that chicken or whatever, he, like the whatever meat he's eating, Toad? and it looks like he's eating it like Mister Peepers from SNL, yes. yeah. and he's like, <laughs> rah, 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 like very frantic, and his like voiceover is like. I guess I gotta do it. I mean, that's not what the line was, but it's just like, 
this doesn't match it at all. While like he his, looks like Gollum, like yeah. eating a fish. <laughs> yeah, there are times where he's like very like panicked and like high energy, and his voiceovers like this. Right. It's again not knowing the source material, but it's it's like a Blade Runner situation. I was thinking through where it's like there's a surprising amount of voiceover that's also spread out, and is it what? Do you? I don't know the answer. Do you think it was an after the fact? Like they thought, like in Blade Runner, we need to fill in what is going on here, or we need to make more of a character out of him or something. I think they wanted to make it like a noir, right? Given that one line, like there's like music cues and there's a feeling to it, and I think they wanted to give it like a. I think they wanted to add another dimension to it because why not? Because they're throwing everything else in there, right? But like that one line uh, where he says. She's like a debutante holding her nose in the cattle yard. Right. Well, like, especially when she's like, well, what is my type? And he goes, they haven't even made your type. You know, like, right. it's a voiceover in his head. So it's like, oh, this feels like it's trying to be like smoky noir. If ultimately what you're, the main thing that's happening in this movie is they're trying to find some lost city that's also, even that is like, you can't just simply state it. It's surprisingly complicated, the plot, even though it's not that complicated. But it's basically, they're trying to find a lost city because that's the root of some disease. It's a disease that is that is infecting uh, the, the natives of South Africa. Yeah. Or South America. I say South Africa because it because was shot in filmed, South Africa. Which is fucked up because at that time, people refused to shoot there because of the apartheid. Yeah. And our apartheid, sorry. Yes. Um, and uh, the, the director. Steve Carver. <laughs> Steve Carver. This is what his quote was about that. Because this is as recent as 2020. Yeah. Okay. In an interview that he did uh well he got fined by the directors guilds uh <laughs> yeah. for doing this but uh, he still remained un- unapologetic according to this it said uh in 2020 this literally just last year yeah probably even sooner than that, um he said i had ignored the apartheid uh apartheid because i am not political i couldn't give a damn about their apartheid at the time damn Bald. dude I mean, also wild because, you know, sad, he, uh, sadly, he, he died of COVID. What? Yeah. He died of COVID. I guess he COVID. wasn't that into politics, quote unquote. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he died, uh, uh, he passed away in January 8th of 2021 in Los Angeles. They initially said he had a heart attack, but he wait, passed wait, away wait. of COVID. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So he gave that interview. Oh, that's about right. River it's 2022. I said last 2020. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> it's all oh, a blur. That's, Life where is my, a my blur. that's where my mind is now. Exactly. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so this guy, like he, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he didn't seem to care like, that it was, uh, you know, in South Africa at the time. Either way, what the movie is, is yeah, them going to find a lost city, which in theory maybe has, according to at one part in the movie, like uh, minerals or something, silver maybe. That seems like that gets glazed over because really it's not that. Um, And there's also a girl that was kidnapped that was, her name was Anna, and she is a doctor's daughter. Um, uh, who died of one of the many humongous arrows in this movie. <laughs> There's so many deaths by humongous arrow and spear yep. 
it is wild. At a certain point, you're like, it can't get any bigger than that. And then it gets bigger than that. <laughs> Blue Chew. It can get bigger than that. Um, but, uh, um, and so, yeah, but also, on top of that, surprise, it's about Nazis. <laughs> I mean, that's the beginning of the fucking movie. Other that than was like, why it's such a shocker when it starts, because you're like, wait, what are we watching? And it looks like the like a scene from The Wall, the Pink Floyd, yes. Floyd's The Wall, because apparently it was only chicken wire. They're supposed to make it look like a concentration camp. Right. But the people they're showing, like at one point, there's like a, the, it is the crew that basically yeah. is like standing in. There is one dude that just looks like. Oh, you look like a hipster. Like you just look like I, that guy. A yeah, dude you'd he, see in Silver Lake or Eagle Rock right now. Like I wrote, <laughs> he looks like yeah, I hit like a, a an, an Eagle Rock or, or Silver Lake version of this guy Sammy who was in Goat Whore and Acid Bath. Like because <laughs> he just like looks like I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like hanging he just stands out. out. So like everybody else looks kind of gaunt and like maybe they're proper for the part and then it's a dude who's just like oh i thought i heard there's really good jam here at squirrel right he's exactly (laughs) well because look uh, when the movie starts it's kind of fun and you're like great canon logo the great theme classic move where somehow they always like do you not hear that your theme hasn't resolved you just cut off the note to just start like classic canon move uh uh, weird international water fonts. Like, there's just some sort yeah. of... I did like that score, though. I surprisingly did like that opening score. I was like, oh, this is kind of like new way, new agey, yeah. kind of like... I thought it was cool, but then, like, some of the score sounds like complete ass in the movie. It's a 50-50 score. Half of it, it was really good. Is. And there's also one scene that I might bring up that I can be, you know, use my smart terms, but it was like, is this supposed to be diegetic music? Or is it the theme song? Yeah. It's I after thought... he gets beat the shit out of him. He's walking around his apartment and you're like, are all these pan flutes supposed to be outside <laughs> or not? Um, and uh, so, and then, you know, and then a barrage of like names, like where you're just like Robert Vaughn, Michael Dudikoff, Donald Pleasance, the fucking dream team here. Crazy weird vocal part in that theme song. Uh, but when it opens... At least how I felt, because I didn't know Nazis were a part of this. Yeah. I was, like, making jokes to myself in this, which is like, oh, boy, Cannon doesn't realize that they open on something that looks like a concentration camp. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're like, 1945 Germany, and you're like, oh, wait a second. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yes. And then it feels extra weird, because it's like, it does feel like Pink Floyd the Wall, like the way it's shot. Like, it's mm-hmm. like... The shooting style sometimes feels retro, sometimes feels like a nod to noir, to uh, 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 the jungle romp, essentially, subgenre. And then sometimes, like, like even that concentration uh, scene, I was like, because I had Cyborg on the brain, I was like, did Albert Pyun do this? Yeah. And there are a couple parts that feel puny. Like, they feel like... <laughs> It's like like when they find those river pirates and they're dressed like they're in cyborg. Yeah. Like I was like, are they using the Masters of the Universe like <laughs> Spider-Man shit as well? Like uh, it, because it, and, and then again, I mentioned it, that one scene that Dudikoff is wearing like a skinny tie and like yeah. a popped collar 80s 
like suit jacket and he looks you know like how fucking... they did in the 60s exactly he looks like david byrne meets fucking my uh fucking buckaroo bonsai he looks but... like a let's dance era david bowie yes he's got big shoulder pads baby and they are huge but then at the same time they do that circle fade in fade out Dude, that was so like that that part where uh, Robert Vaughn's character betrays Donald Pleasance, right? Which is a whole weird relationship. Let's get into that in a second. I do yeah. want to talk about that. That really weird. But anyway, he shoots him in the leg. Donald Pleasance is pissed as he takes off on the plane. I did the takeoff uh, motion. It, looks <laughs> it like was I'm very good. A... I felt like I was in a plane for a second. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, I, it was. It's too dangerously close to the oh, yes, aisle. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he takes Frank off. Frank just in has the Nazis plane. on the brain. What can he say? Oh no! Uh, uh, January sixth coming up. Uh, <laughs> Happy <but> he, anniversary. <laughs> he, he's he's going off in the plane. And Donald Pleasance is like yelling, I'll be the devil on your back. And he's like really pissed off and shouting about devils on backs and devils and whatever. (laughs) And then it does a Looney Tunes iris close on him. (laughs) And it does that a couple of times, even at the end of the movie where, uh, spoiler, where the end of the movie, you're like, huh. Right. That's the end. Okay. And then it just does that iris close. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is so fucking, it's an odd choice. But again, so I, I just to like almost like list off and we'll probably get some more like it has the canon tonal shifts because so many shifts. It's like it is uh, Alan Quatermain light comedy romp sometimes. Like, where you're not even sure if it's supposed to be a joke or they're aware that it's comedy. It is, and I guess that, you know, of course, that's Indiana Jones as well, but Indiana Jones feels less jokey somehow than Quatermain. Um, Is uh, future dystopian (laughs) somehow, sometimes. Is uh, noir through the lens of, like, Casablanca and, and Sorcerer? slash wages of fear mixed together where it's like because when we end up in that kind of south american town that's like this is where all the dregs of the world end up sort of kind of thing um yeah. uh it's basically most Eisley. <laughs> <laughs> and uh uh a uh, romancing the stone romp at certain times and and then Nazi exploitation movie, yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden too, like it's a, and I'm again. There's going to be more that are in there, and because and it is just so, it's it's so canon, but also so weird, and makes you kind of intrigued of like why did they choose this for this, this for this, and it's just like they go scene by scene of just like fuck it, we'll do this style for this, and we're talking cinematography, music, the way people are dressed. The way people joke, everything. Because again, it, that Holocaust did not, I didn't realize it was a concentration camp. I yeah. thought it was going to be immediately. I was like, oh, fuck, we're in a fucking weird future dystopian zombie movie. That's what I thought, too, because of the, the open sores on the faces and everything. Can, and also, okay. it's like an airfield. It's an airfield. Like a- Yes. 
can I say, I was looking it up and it does feel like it's maybe a little late for this, but maybe not. But especially when we see the woman with the sores on her face, I was just like, there is no way in my mind. I, I guess like it could be at that because it's not so far off. I was just like immediately like, are you referencing the AIDS crisis? Like it's just it looks a lot like the lesions that would come from especially the early onset of the AIDS crisis in like 81 to 84, yeah. especially it's just like the look of it where I was just like such a, in my mind, I was like such a canon move. Like where it's like, it's not even that they made it look like it's just when she walked in, I was just like, this looks like it. And the band played on yeah. like makeup, you know what I mean? And that yeah. is a, 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 a powerful drama. This is river of death. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's just one of those, like, canon moves where you're like, you gotta be aware. Like, you gotta know that it's got some visual connection yeah. to that. Like, it doesn't look, like, zombie-ish. It looks like, and, and especially when it's, like, in this cartoonish setting. And and I think that's the weird part is it goes with the tonal shift. There are some times where you're like, am I supposed to be taking this serious slash more serious is this supposed to be platoon leader style seriousness or not? You know what I mean? Um, because, again, you don't even know until a Nazi shows up that we're in a concentration camp. Yeah. And I'm, I, I, that's a plus I'll give you. There were multiple times in this movie where as a dumb film watcher after all these years, I was like, you actually did a good job. You got me. Like, uh, spoiler, I did not realize that that girl that was with Donald Pleasance was going to end up being the little girl. I had forgotten oh, I about her. I know you did because you're smarter than I am, Frank. That's not, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> no, no, no. I just think you are better at remembering details. Well, And that might I, be part of it. Is it. There's so much that goes on and yeah. so little all at the same time that I had forgotten that was even a plot point. <laughs> I only thought that because when uh, they first show the doctor and his daughter... The first mission, you know, before she gets kidnapped, I was right. like, oh, God, because they said 20 years later. And my mind, my mind immediately went to, oh, is that her grown up? Yeah. And then so that was on my mind. So when it wasn't that, I was like, OK. And then was, as soon as Donald Pleasance uh, had with with uh, what's her sucking name? on her finger. <laughs> oh, God. Well, before even that, I was like, because she was so because that line she said where she goes. Uh, I want to, I want to go, or like, I want to be there too. Or like, she was like way too adamant about it. If she's such a quote unquote princess or whatever, right. A debutante holding her nose, you know, exactly. It's like, oh, there's a reason why. Cause I was like, why is he leading her through all this danger? He didn't know, but I was like, there's gotta be a reason for her. So for me, I was like, oh, that's gotta be the little girl. And it just made me grossed out during that part where he was like sucking on her finger. It's just gross. Right. I think it's because I get, I think it's that I kind of just forget details, honestly, but also just so much goes on in this movie, weirdly shifts and like yeah. plot shifts that I had just even forgotten she was a thing because yeah, how the movie basically starts is concentration camp. Uh, uh, there's one dead body that you can't really tell what is supposed to be crazy about it at first. Honestly, it's just like, okay, that's a dead body. But the not the first Nazi we're introduced to is like, oh my God. Yeah, this he's is, the Schindler. Yeah, he's the Schindler. Which, I mean, that's definitely the move they make is just like, uh, Robert Vaughn's even fucked for the Nazis. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like, even Nazis can't deal with what he's doing. 
Um, Haven't these people been through enough? <laughs> exactly. Hey, some of the actors chose to have a German accent, while others were like, we'll do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, others are just like, some scenes I'll have a German accent, some scenes I won't. Uh, <laughs> Donald Pleasants, I'm mostly looking at Luffy. you, but also Robert Vaughn. Like, yeah. there's Robert Vaughn's is doing Robert Vaughn. Except for one scene. There's one scene where it's like they were like, oh, by the way, you're supposed to be German. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, shit, yeah I forgot. Okay. Yeah. God, okay. Well, we don't need to redo the other things. Um, so essentially, Robert Vaughn is a Mangala. Uh, yep. He's doing crazy experiments. He's obsessed with experiments. Uh, he's Wolfie. Uh, and this other Nazi, his daughter, is playing with essentially all of the stuff that they took from the Jews. So she's looking at a music box and there's piles of glasses. Um, yeah, real, real woof roof. And she ends up hiding because this guy is like, dude, Mengele, you're doing some crazy fucking shit. And Robert Vaughn's like, no, I haven't done enough crazy shit. And then Donald Pleasance comes in. Here's the other part too. Much like with these things, I got lost in what exactly was happening. So basically... They kill the father of the daughter, the Nazi, the good Nazi. He, they kill Schindler, uh, even though we know Schindler isn't actually a Nazi in the movie, but it works <laughs> in this. And Donald Pleasance is a higher up in the SS, it seems, but has somehow gotten his hands on money. Do, do, do they explain how he got all this money that he said he's going to finance essentially Robert Vaughn's uh experiments they will escape germany because germany is about to lose the world war they're yeah. not backing hitler anymore which i was makes... about to say how do they get away how does he get away with killing a captain but i guess right. if all bets are off then and if i think it's because his... all bets are off because right then is when that camp is getting attacked by the the allies right it, it's like really just like timing like it seems like but so Donald Pleasance, as a uh uh-oh, that Pleasance is a Nazi, is uh, he has money. He says, money, 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 and girls. I shall have the girls, and you shall conquer the world. He's got money somehow. He stole it from the SS, from the Third Reich, whatever. He's going to help them escape. Vaughn? No. Does Pleasance give Vaughn? No, Vaughn. No, Vaughn gives... Yeah. Gives him his father's, like... He's like, it's a man I worshipped. Which I think had, like, a totem comp on it or something. It was basically, like, the skull and crossbones thing. He has a man I worshipped. Gives Pleasance his ring and says where... And he's like, I shall wear no other rings. And he he says... very excited about it, like it's a promise ring. Are they... This is, again, a canon move throughout this. There are a couple things that I will end up asking that are both, like, uncomfortable and need to be asked but like are they are are they trying to allude that maybe they have a sexual relationship or not i don't think so but it's pleasant's his performance he's just ramping it up to a hundred right so it gives it a little bit of a romantic tinge i think because it's the promise right and i do think it is that it's that everyone's kind of like on their own for acting how they want to (laughs) act yeah You know what I mean? So it's like, it doesn't feel like Steve Carver or whatever his name is, is like guiding them enough to be like, let's all stay on the same tone because fuck it, this whole movie's on a different tone. So it it just has a potential for that reading. Like, you know, which is something interesting where just to uh, 
say like it's like at it, it was confusing at the end when you realize that the Mengele dude uh, essentially really believes in the the ideas of the Third Reich. But I thought he was like, fuck it. I don't really care about this shit. I just want to do my fucked up experiments. Yeah. Like I'm Dr. Butcher MD. And uh, so that's where I also was like, oh, okay. The Nazis view on homosexuality. Is this like a trying to turn the pages on it? But in a bad, loose canon way, like not really. Who knows? Like, but it was enough of like a thing there where like, I was like, okay, this is a weird. I think it's now... As you said, I think it's more of Pleasance is a wild man. <laughs> also, you don't, they don't explain why he has such reverence for him. And that's why I think it's so like weird and like out of place where you're like, what's this relationship? Because it's like, there's nothing about Vaughn's character at that point other than he's like a mad scientist that Pleasance, who holds higher rank than him, Right. Should be like, oh, yes, you're, you know, a genius or like, what, why, why is he so invested in? Because, like, at no point in the movie, you know, like, even when he uh, confronts him to be like, Wolfie at the end, he doesn't like give this like soliloquy about being like, you know, you were the greatest mind I ever met. I had such high, you know, right. You were going to be, you know, like, I don't know, like, he does that thing being like, you'll be this and I'll be that, you know, and that earlier scene but it just wasn't enough that i understood why he reacted that way when he got that ring right combined with well why did wolfie give him the ring like if he was going to gonna double his, cross it, him to show his allegiance i guess or to show like hey you can trust me uh, oh do you so think wolfie just, just actually him. got that ring in like a like a 25 cent machine Maybe, like it wasn't I mean, his dad's he made that or, up <laughs> Maybe that shows how cold-blooded he is, is that it is his father's ring. Does he like, lose out on money then, though, by double-crossing Pleasance? Because he ends up like not go, like he shoots Pleasance in the knee, tries to kill him, and Pleasance he doesn't go him out of it. Yeah, but doesn't he need Pleasance's money? I think Pleasance has already set everything up. He's already set up the Swiss Cause bank he's, account? He's got, yeah, because he's got the, the location, he's got the plane, he set everything up for him. And so, like, he could, Robert Vaughn could just be like, oh, he died in the, uh, but then if he survived, wouldn't he be able to, like, contact the people? Yeah. To be like, this guy double-crossed me. Is that why you and me have two separate Swiss bank accounts? Yes, exactly. You don't want me to double-cross you, and I don't want you to double-cross me. (laughs) That's right, motherfucker. Don't sleep. (laughs) And so, yeah, he starts yelling, uh, Pleasance yells about the, the devil rides on your back. I shall be the devil on your back. Like evil dies tonight. Exactly. He does. A, he. That's the part that you're like. All right. This is fun. I love Donald Pleasance. And then yeah, we got cartoonist circle fade outs, and then a night nature documentary for a couple minutes. There's just yeah. like shots of ants, and you could just picture the boring narration of just like ants, colonies of ants, cutting leaves. They work together. Uh, and then so. It is, again, it's a canon move, movie-wise, too, that, like, they really throw you into a lot of information, but also you don't know what's going on for a bit. Like, I didn't know who Dudikoff was exactly. They don't even say his name, maybe, for, like, a half hour. John, right? <laughs> Hamilton? Oh, Hamilton. Yeah. yeah that's, well, that's the thing. Last name, yeah. And then, uh, 
And, oh, right, because John was the other guy. Yeah, so it is Hamilton, yeah. Right, and he's, to, and you'll even know what he is. You have to kind of fill in the gaps of the tropes of like, all right, he's like the Michael Douglas, like, explorer. Uh, he's also, as we said, he is indie. He's got Indiana Jones because he puts on his glasses at one point mm-hmm. to look at his maps that only he can translate, according to him. <laughs> And when I looked at the maps, I was like, I think I could translate these. Like, (laughs) that's he just shows he's stupid. Only I can read these. And it's just like literally arrows and stuff. And it's just like, I think this is very easy to decode. Did you draw these on a Perkins placemat? Like, what exactly are these (laughs) things you got here? Um, But yeah, so basically, like, uh, it was also, I mean, it's such a canon move where you're like, how is this movie an hour and 45 minutes? Like, it is moving so quick. Because you just go from, like, the war is over. We're now in South America. It's 1965. Uh, this Michael Douglasy character, Dudikoff, is bringing the doctor. And what we find out is his daughter. But we don't really know until 20 minutes in. Because they, that's when they finally say it. Uh, and he's Dudikoff's friends with the natives. No magical entrance for him. It just kind of happens. And then I guess like you know the basically the doctor is trying to uh, Sean Connery and Medicine Man. He's like helping yeah. out the tribes of South Africa because there's a disease that seems to only be infecting uh, the natives of South America. Right. Uh, it's unclear. It's just this kind of pussy leprosy that does look like HIV AIDS, like in the end, which is weird choice again, um, and. They want to find the source. And that's one where I felt like you. I felt just smarter of peace. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be the Nazi doctor. Like, yeah. we're going to go all this way and have that be a surprise? <laughs> no, it's the Nazi doctor. It's, it's fucking, we're just going to be waiting for Mengele. Yeah, we didn't to show just back. see that 10 minute opening scene for nothing. Right. Like, I, and I also, though, just to say, I was wondering at like maybe halfway through, is there a way to make that movie without the beginning? Like, no. would it have. I don't know if it, it's just like there were brief moments where I was like, would it have been more interesting if there was a slower reveal versus here's all this shit. But cause I guess it's just, it's such a oddly like moving quick, but also information dump movie. Like yeah. even that opening scenes, an information dump. And then why it felt like Blade Runner narration is sometimes due to cost narration is just an information dump through the it, lens of. <laughs> it feels like, I mean the movie to me, it feels like, there's like five books that are put into one movie. Like this should be a series. Of yeah, Herb it should Herb be Death. a series, but they're like, we only got one movie to tell this whole story. And because of that, I don't know. Cause it would be really confusing if it would be too much dialogue or too much exposition. If Donald Pleasant's character at the end reveals, right. I was partners with him and he left me to die. And it's like, you could do that, but it just, I don't know. I don't think it would have the same. Someone book report this for us and let us know if this is how the book itself goes. Because I agree. Like, that is something I didn't think about. But it does feel like we've translated a series. But this is not a series. No. And it does feel like it. Fe- it's like, here's a piece of one. And then we jump to three. It's like they did Shogun Assassin with Lone Wolf and Cub. But with to bet less extent. Or less of a, a success, I guess. Because, um, yeah. Uh because I think with the way everything is kind of smushed together, and because, again, we say this often, and maybe it's like, look, we love Dudikoff. 
just yeah. he's got a limited range of what exactly works in this source material. And I just don't know if he's got enough pizzazz in this to let us let him be a trope character. Like, yeah, the like kind of smart ass, you know. Yeah, because he's not yeah. that smart. And when he's smart ass, it's surprising. Uh, <laughs> even when he's hitting on chicks and it works. Like, I mean, he's yeah. hitting on Anna, the daughter, and then it works. Like, he's, It works, yeah. Yeah. Now, this is a question. This is another in my list of questions in there. It's not because I'm a perv, but it's because it's a canon film. And I thought I missed it writing a note. Did we get a quick shot of her breasts or was she wearing a bra? No, it was, know? yeah. I was like... I wrote that down saying like, oh, there's the canon of it. It felt like and we got like, like, oh, how embarrassing my dad saw this. Yes, grody. <laughs> like, and so, yeah, so they worked in a boob shot that is so quick and not worth that it's a daughter being seen by her dad. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, yeah, they, they're on this death uh, that's up that river. It's a river of death. They really kind of keep repeating that over and over. Um, uh, and so, yeah, it ends up, Basically, it's like the first fourth of the movie is besides the Nazis. So even that, an eighth of the movie, whatever it is, they're trying to get up the river. They keep getting attacked by. Were there tribes that were the same as in Quatermain? Like there's at least one that I was like, isn't that the tribe that in Quatermain they try to boil them in that giant pot? It's like the skeleton painting it's it's i mean it's all like kind of broad i don't know i know they use actual tribes you know oh, they did some, i don't think i knew that yeah this is what's kind of messed up but yeah they they did use like some extras from tribes and they like re i don't know but like it's kind of that uh kind of blanket you know tribes know. I, yeah <laughs> oh yeah because it's like they it's do really, basically going back to the iris thing it's very looney tunes right you know it is mixed with the warriors like, where yeah. it's just, like, every single one has to have, like, a kooky makeup style. And you're like, I just don't trust that you hired a historical... Like, I don't trust that you hired the guy that that government spy is that comes along with them that's supposed to be a a uh, authority on the different tribes, but isn't really. Like, yeah. I don't even trust you hired that guy, like, in this <laughs> It's a Mad, 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 Mad world setup that they end up in. Um, here's another... Because it's a canon question and how they do information. So when they get kidnapped by that tribe, uh-huh. when the dad says, asks Anna, is like, I had the same question. Are you all right? And she kind of hesitates and is like, I, may, yes, I'm fine. Like, are we supposed yeah. to get the implication that she got like raped slash assaulted? I I had that same note because it felt like that's what they were implying. Right. Could it be the? It's hard to tell now if it's the same problem as the Pleasant situation, where maybe I the, think it might. The be director that. was just like, let the actors say whatever they want. Well, because he they had the same thing for. Also, it was like so funny when uh, he he they bring Dudikoff in, uh, and they're like, what? Like it's like no, you know who else right. would it be? Right. Who else? I'm would not it surprised. Be? He was but with he kinda, you. But he had the same reaction that she did when right. they asked if he was okay. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So it's like, yeah, I think 
I, I thought I had to, maybe because we both had the same note. Maybe and we know canon. Maybe that's. I mean, that's the thing. We've just watched so many canon movies, but it's like, of course, it's a canon. We just don't movie trust to, it to put it on us because we don't trust their choices. Um, uh, because you're, you know, you've got those sort of things bookmarked with essentially like the jungle cruise version of headhunter cannibals like all the tribes you know they all look like when uh they didn't update the jungle cruise like throughout (laughs) and they're like oh yeah no we got real uh people from tribes but we decided to make them a little bit more so (laughs) like a lot of times uh when they do escape it looks like they're running on treadmills through the forest. Like it looks like so oddly fast after he MacGyvered their way out with the glasses and hay oh, fire. Yeah. Um, that also, it's like, what was the plan guy? Like it really didn't feel like not much like, of a plan. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's, so that's the other, just f- to go along with that for a larger thing with Dudikoff in this as that character. And it's, it's again going to what you said, where if it was a series and we realized they had cut things out of the series, it would maybe make more sense. But it felt like they're trying to give us that he wasn't very good at his job as a character game. Like yeah. it's like he's talking to himself, saying like, "Yeah, I've been in the jungle, but I haven't been this far." Like, oops, and then like <laughs> he burned shit. But what is the plan? Just to burn down their thing? He well, so that they would be distracted by the fire. And but then, then he still escape, gets. But then yeah. it's already he's already doing that in between allowing the dad to get the largest arrow ever through his leg, <laughs> and then get shot by a Nazi. Who again immediately because we've seen that beginning, you're like cool the nazis yeah let's get to the nazis now (laughs) and also at the end it's like when he's escaping from uh that one uh where all the sick prisoners are right his plan was to like hide but then he's like in plain sight of other nazis and he doesn't save the girl the whole point of him going back in he gets in there and it's just basically just like oh shit you got the sickness you're i'm down with the sickness (laughs) 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 I think at one point, uh, he when that when she comes in to talk to him, it looks like she's like, "Kiss me," and he's just kind of like, uh, "Uh, right, you you take care of there," and he pats her on the shoulder or something. But like, I felt like because he said, "We'll figure out something," or he says something like that. Yeah, and he doesn't. Where it's like, yeah, I thought like maybe he would find the antidote somehow. I don't know because it's a fucking movie. And his whole purpose of going there, that would Isn't be funny that what they're he like, oh, that's too Isn't that what he grabs at the beginning? Isn't that when the doctor, t- and he runs away? And and again, in that moment, when she gets captured, He again, threw it in the forest, though. That's what I was like. She said, protect the thing. The samples. And then, yeah, the samples. And he throws it into the fucking <laughs> jungle. <laughs> he gives up. He leaves her behind. He ditches what she said to protect. And I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I sat there thinking like, oh, maybe this is a larger plan he has. And then the voiceover That's while he's thought. eating a fucking frog in the fucking- <laughs> Like Mr. Peepers, yeah. Like Mr. Peepers sucking down an apple. Uh, he is telling himself like, ah, I left her. Oops. <laughs> like, I'm a monster. Yeah. Oh, shit. I did the thing that she told me not to do. And like- I also will, though, say this doesn't completely hold out like our PTSD alcoholism theories, but there was a couple moments, especially because this like, quote unquote, shaman keeps showing up. He right. keeps like picturing this shaman that doesn't really guide the him. The one that kind of sounds like Yoda without the weird speak. Like, yeah. Yes. 
also sounds like he was just like it's almost like in Joe versus the volcano when they get to the the tribe and they all sound like they're like Jewish New Yorkers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, there was a brief moment where I was like, does he have malaria? Is this whole thing in his head? Like, there right? Were, I I was like, it, it's not as good of a theory as our other ones with like missing in action, etc. But there are definitely moments where I was like, there's a case to be made where he's not the hero of this. And that could be something interesting, but I think that's trying to add something because just the native using jungle magic to be say like essentially being like, you're the chosen one, (laughs) but you don't really do anything and you kind of fuck up everything, but we're not even going to explain that you completely fucked it up. Uh, feels like it's all in his head and it's got to be in his head does he have a sickness this whole time <laughs> that, i mean that's yeah i think we're onto that jacob's ladder stuff where um yeah he he actually got malaria yeah after that that one encounter and it's all he's imagining this whole romp in his head probably got a disease from eating that frog Probably was a poison frog, right? He's That's just right. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh man, he's having a bad trip. Man, man he ain't doing good. Hey, man, he's got need some orange man. juice. But man. even in his trip, yeah, <laughs> even his trip, man, he does. He's not very good. <laughs> it exposes his weaknesses. Exactly. So he ends up back. Now it's a different movie. It's not going to follow this path. Now oh. we're going to be in. Oh yeah, what? What do I miss? Well, the true hero of this movie are the Americans knocking down that rainforest. Exactly. They found him. They saved our boys. Saved them. He got saved by the good old Americans. Deforestation. You fucking want to shit all over it. <laughs> it if is it like for them. They wouldn't find Dudacup, brother. So canon, where like it's it, but less so than others, where it does feel like every once in a while you're like, is this supposed to be jokey or is this a theme that you're touching upon? Like that, you know, the deforesters are mixed in with the scum of the earth, sort of, of this Casablanca style town that's run by the doctor from the dead zone, is what <laughs> I realized I knew that actor from, who's the both the yeah. police chief, but also we find out later a Nazi. Or working with the Nazis. He's a, yeah, a sympathizer, yeah. He's a Nazi sympathizer. Speaking uh, of which, yeah, uh, neo-Nazis and Nazi sympathizers, a lot of the German, uh, the Nazi stuff that they got for this movie, apparently, according to the facts, was that uh, from neo-Nazi groups right. in South Africa. Yikes. I'm just saying, I just feel like, yeah, it seems like enough little details come out that, like, the the team behind this, like, look, we love Lone Wolf McQuaid, but, like, I don't know about this guy. Godspeed. uh, Rest in peace. I'm sorry he passed away from COVID. Uh, It's a rough, uh, the world is terrible. But um, what is also terrible is this town, this town where they have little people (laughs) bloody fighting. Like, oh, yeah. like it's not a cockfight. It's a little person fight. I was worried for a second because they showed the shot of the dog barking. I was like, oh, God, please don't. Let, I don't want to see another dog fight or exactly. uh, fight. Yeah. Uh, but we meet LQ. LQ is the guy who's going to outfit him. Um, yep. uh, and uh, then he's comically hit by a car driven by a guy in golf <laughs> shoes, which allows us to realize later <laughs> That and when he gets beat up, that that guy works for Donald Pleasance, but also why did they hit him in the first why? place? Yeah, that's why I thought they were trying to get the map, right? And I thought that's what he had taken from. I thought they had tried to take the map from him, right? And that didn't happen. No, 
But so, and so it's unclear if he wanted to hire him slash go along because essentially we end up finding out later that Donald Pleasance has now hidden himself as uh, Jeff Bezos, essentially <laughs> uh, with a wig, uh, a great wig. That is I mean, so good like that a, Mengele can't even tell that it's him. <laughs> that is so funny to me. I mean, he looks like Peter Billingsley, but like <laughs> he really did. I was like, you really can't tell? Because he's like, but these two, huh, they keep them here to look at my weird experiments. <laughs> right. So also we get introduced to more characters, the Nazi hunters. There are these two people who there's uh a smoke show woman <laughs> yeah she's great she looks like she's in the matrix yeah she's got I bangs was, <laughs> and she like, doesn't is... speak she uh she does a little bit but like does Hamil- she like she's she's awesome in this movie uh, i love her. but like H- hamilton is like all goo goo gaga for blondie and i'm yeah. like dude what are you doing this woman's awesome <laughs> Right, so you're right here, man. But I know she's. I know uh, she's with the guy from um, Gore, the (laughs) whiny guy from Gore, and uh, also Space Mutiny. Oh man, yeah. (laughs) That guy looked like he had both a fake mustache and fake eyebrows. I was waiting for him to pull (laughs) off the mustache and then the eyebrows, like in a Naked Gun style move or like Top Secret. Uh, Wait, I know you say. I know you say that Bangs talks. But I swear she didn't say anything. And I was I like, is this a like character a choice? Words. I, I think know. she might have said nothing. And that's another choice that is so odd. Yeah. But she was if, only in a few movies. Yeah. Uh, but I can't remember what she does now. I looked it up. But yeah. I I had quite a crush on her, as you did. She was. Yeah. Uh, and because she also was awesome and kicked ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. So all of a sudden, there are these Nazi hunters. They hunt down Nazis. They want to go with him on this trip to the Lost City. And he's like, cool. More the merrier. <laughs> and and then he goes to a crazy version of a cabaret show. That's <laughs> Frida Kahlo giving a skeleton a lap dance. Skeleton smoking a cig. Uh, give it a lap dance for so long. It, it goes on for so long, and it's nothing but a bunch of creeps watching that show. But hey, all those creeps are with Donald Pleasant, so they're all going to go on this trip to the Lost City, is what we find out. Um, so yeah, he's become Carl Bergens from Bergens International. He wears a crazy wig. He's got crazy John Lennon glasses, kind of. And he is with a... Uh, poor man's Anna Nicole Smith, uh, <laughs> who is in like three movies. This woman, I can't remember her name. Yeah. Um. Uh. And uh, that is the woman who. Spoiler again. We will find out in the end. Frank was not shocked because he remembers details better than me. I was shocked and was like, "Oh damn!" <laughs> that we find out that she is the young girl who saw Donald Pleasance murder her her dad. And then gets with him to get to this end result because she wanted in, which means she sacrificed her body as well because she definitely has been boning, limpy, pervy Pleasance, who is acting up a storm in this You know, he could really use some blue chew. (laughs) He could really use some blue chew. Can't get your knee up? Well, get your dick up with blue chew. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, this is also where Dudikoff gets jokey. His like bargaining about how much yeah. money he wants feels like a different tone change 
matched with, again, that cabaret scene could have been shot by Albert Pion. Like it just, there was something about it that felt like alien Very in LA. Cyborg-y, yeah. Like the, 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 the guy with the long uh, eyelashes. Oh yes. That yes, part, yes. like just like there's a creepiness to it that is off putting in that certain way. Also, Dudikoff just looks so sweaty every single frame. Like, it's just like never takes a shower. Like, I get it. So you know, it's supposed sweaty. to be hot, but like, man, the sweat budget. <laughs> it's like Airplane when he starts sweating, dry, when he's flying in the cockpit. It's just gallons coming down him. Or that Key Appeal sketch where he's just oh, sweating yeah. unbelievably. <laughs> Which is using his laptop. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, been there. Uh, <laughs> Got to clear that history sometimes, Ben. Better, Jeff. Uh, and so, yeah, he's got maps that only he can interpret. Uh, it's unclear why Dudikov was getting beat the shit out of by the golf guy. I think what you said might be what their thought is, is that the guys were going to maybe try to get the maps, but they didn't try to either. Yeah, they didn't. It, what was funny about that whole thing also is like, it's funny that everybody kept showing up in his apartment too. <laughs> right. And I was like, has there, I feel like there may be, maybe was there ever a sketch where it's like, the joke is that like somebody's waiting there, they turn on the light and they're like, hello, Mr. Hamilton. And then it's like just another person who's there. They're like, no, I'm not Mr. Hamilton. I was going to do the same thing you were doing. <laughs> and they're like, all right, let's wait. And then like, Somebody else comes in and they turn it on. We've been waiting for you, Mr. Hamilton. It's like, no, that's uh, I'm I'm here to do what you're doing. Yeah, I don't think there hasn't. That's like that's definitely one we would pitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, I picture at least one beat where the light goes off and they turn on. And it's full of like forty people, and it's yeah. like, how did we all get in here? <laughs> Are you working with him? I'm not working with this guy. I don't like this guy either. Hey, we got to get Hamilton. <laughs> and then the end is somebody coming in, being like, "Who are you people? We got." At the wrong apartment. Exactly. <laughs> it's an old rapid coming granny. up next week. <laughs> it's breakdance and granny, and then she goes, "I need to practice my moves." Uh, and then they don't have an ending, and it goes, "This was all brought to you by." Like with sponsors by, and it was a commercial <laughs> ending. Um, and so, yeah, there's, and so they all decide to go on a Nazi version of it's a mad, 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 mad world, as you pointed out. Too many out. people. Just really too many people. I truly couldn't even, like, they introduced Long John, who is, <laughs> they basically took, I'm blanking on the actor's name who's in Raising Arizona and is in Blood Simple, but he is in Missing in Action. He, he fought, he helps. Oh, yeah. Out. Uh, Emmett Walsh. He's so essentially they took no, M.M. M. M. Walsh. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. They take M.M. Walsh's character and separate it into LQ and Long John, who right. is the pilot. But there's no reason. Long John just comes out of nowhere and is like, <laughs> Dudikoff's fucking with them. Apparently, they're best friends. They have dinner together with his family. <laughs> well, well, just uh, so the whole interaction like the the banter you know like the lighthearted the church banter. whorehouse story <laughs> that that scene and the one he has with lq at the club yep feels like and i i'm not one to criticize i'm not the best actor in the world but it felt like people saying lines to each other there's no reacting there's no listing it just literally feels like i have to get my line out at the point that i have to get my line out and again i'm not judging because not a great actor, but I'm going to go with your theory. I'm going to go with if we're going to look, we're not great directors either, but <laughs> I'm going to put the blame on the director 
in a let everyone do their thing. Yeah, just get the lines out. I mean, according to him, I think he's the one who said that, like, actually, like, some of those main actors are, had the ball, according to him. Like, yeah. they were, like, Donald Pleasant, like, Vaughn, they were helping me move equipment. They were, like, they, and he <laughs> said they had. not supposed to do. No, they, I mean, he already is, broke the apartheid rule, so. <laughs> he, yeah, he is breaking every union rule you can yes. think of. They, you are not allowed to touch that shit. That is union rules. Yes, but according to him. Uh, they all had a ball, so maybe they were having a ball. Maybe that's part of it, is he was just like, they're having fun. Like, let Dudikoff do what he's going to do. Let this guy do Because well, it does feel like they're not. a lot of times they're not interacting with you. They're just doing what they want to do. But he's only talking about that police chief, uh, Pleasance, and Robert Vaughn. Right, right. So, uh, uh, funnily enough, he doesn't mention anything no, about Dudikoff. It, it almost fuck. feels like it's a dig. Yeah. At Dudikoff. I just, I think the blame can be put on him a little bit. It just feels like maybe a director is getting a little burnt. Like, it's like weird situations. They're just trying to get through it. And you've got these other elder actors, you know, these kind of like heritage actors, like kind of let them do. So when they're probably, you know, maybe someone's like, so we haven't really set up Dudikoff as this jokey personality. Like, uh, and he's not, uh, he might need a little bit more help to get to the banter. Like he doesn't have a Richard Chamberlain vibe to him. Yeah, we love him for some things, but he's not as charming as Chamberlain. He's no Michael Douglas. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like without and that, definitely no Harrison Ford. Definitely no Harrison Ford. So he kind of just starts to feel like a dick sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like when he's like kicks L Long John and hits his head into the fucking helicopter. Yeah, and then like, Long John. Dude. You're like, did you just get a concussion? Because I don't understand this story about I thought I was going to church and I should have been at a whorehouse. <laughs> like, I don't really even know what you're saying. It's like that one friend, like our one acquaintance that like only has like one memorable interaction with you. And they just bring that up the whole time because they think <laughs> it's funny. And you're like, no. Yeah. Shut up. That time sucked, man. I've moved past it. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, oh, you going to drink again and uh, hit your head on the table? Dude, and you're like, what? <laughs> I don't even remember that happening. Uh, and so, yeah, so this Motley crew ends up in this multiple, this cadre of helicopters. There's also then, we, we mentioned it oh, before. Only for 40K, by the way. Yeah, ends up going for forty k. Yes, <laughs> like a, a like a, a a salary. Yes, you know for uh, middle like you know. I mean, um, I get you know. I guess in the jungle that is a, your ability. That's true. It could get you a lot in a yes. what was it a Romana in Romana. Yeah, Romano. Uh, so there's hey. also <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, so. There's also the government spy that is supposed to be <laughs> actually a historian on the tribes, uh-huh. which either way, even I was just like, Dudikoff, stop inviting people. Like, yeah, he's just like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, bring him along. It's it's going to be unbelievably dangerous. And then there's also the guy who's got the rifle, who I'm not even positive who he works for. Like I, I was very confused by that. Right, because he, because then uh, turns, wait, he works. No, he works for the police captain or the police. Guy. I, we find out, but I thought he worked for Pleasance. I thought well, Pleasance because I thought like, they were giving looks to each other again. Well, yeah, he he was, but he was uncertain about him, and I think he thought that he was with Dudikoff. With I Hamilton. mean, that's where 
Pleasance is both amazing, but also like you don't know what is going on in his head in this well, movie. Of, like acting choices, not to kind of go back and forth, but like Please. when Dudikoff gets dropped off after being found in the jungle, he does this like weird thing where he like wipes his foot on like the donkey piss before he goes. Like I don't know what he, I had to rewind it because I was like, what did he do here? He like wiped his foot. Right. I was like, what is his choice? What is it? Why is this in the movie? And I couldn't figure it out. It like drove me crazy. The choices are wild. There are like that, that's the thing. It's like not only the tone shifts, but there are every once in a while a choice like the wipe his foot at the donkey piss. You're like, what is going on exactly? Yeah. And now I am again leaning more into your theory of just like there are just certain sections that the director was like, fuck it. Like you know, it's just like he doesn't care about politics. He doesn't care about act. He doesn't care about this. He doesn't care about that. Um, uh. He's clearly a guy who will do shit that he will fight about too. Like, I mean, he's the one. He's in the midst of that Walker Texas Ranger lawsuit. Like, you know, oh, like, yeah. uh, he's right in the heart of it all. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, the helicopter loses power. I guess maybe somehow. somehow maybe it was sabotaged by the rifle guy. I think so. Either way, it sounds like a spaceship landing yeah. instead of a helicopter for one period and it's like what are you doing sound wise with this choice um because we've got river pirates we have to get on uh i think i think it was sabotaged by uh the police guy okay because then he was gonna get there but then the police guy's spy almost loses his suitcase so it was like piss poor sabotage right. So then, yeah, it doesn't make sense because he almost, yeah, the uh, the spy guy who looked like Cabbage Patch Butch Fig. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, Cabbage Patch Butch Fig maybe sabotages, maybe doesn't. They end up in uh, River Pirates who look like they're in a post-apocalyptic <laughs> world who are immediately like shooting shit at them. Um, oh, yeah, Serrano, that spy... They end up stopping the river pirates. Yeah, I got lost in this section. Like, did they were they blowing up the river pirate land like layer like it was in Commando or Predator or was it the ship yes. that they put bombs all over? No, it was it was the the, the so at the their beginning when they first like yeah the hideout because at the beginning of that that whole interaction they scare them off because of the giant rocket. And Serrano's right. like, come back here, you cowards, and blah, Oh, he blah, does blah. that chicken funny, thing where he acts like he's... Scene. He He seems a lot like a comedic character in an Argento movie. Right, exactly. It feels Italian sometimes, but go on, yes. Yeah, so then uh, they're like, uh, what do we do? You know, we got to... You know, what do we, what do we do about them? And he's like, because they'll be back. And he's like, I got an idea. And that's when they go to the base camp set up right. the dynamite to kind of send them the message of like, no, seriously, don't fuck with us. Right. Smoke show is setting up a lot of fucking bombs being cool oh, as yeah. hell. Um, okay. So yeah, they blow up the jungle Mad Max, uh, lair. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, this is where I was asking if the female Nazi hunter was supposed to be a mute. Cause that's where I started noticing. I wasn't sure if she had actually talked uh, but also, Dudikoff's definitely going to bone Maria, it seems like. He's got his fucking yeah. uh, shit going. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention that. In the they, they did that, like, one of my favorite kind of, like, trope shots in, like, a, uh, like, kind of a Vietnam-era movie is the setting sun. 
yeah. or the sunrise and you see the helicopters yes. riding into it. And it's like, oh, every single movie at this time period has to. I was surprised that they weren't playing CCR. I, I totally agree. It also felt like they got the beautiful shot and they were filling in time. Like I was yeah. like, I know it's supposed to show that was a long trip, but it was like, this movie's long <laughs> enough. You don't need this long. It's like with those ant footage at the beginning. It's like, I get it. We're in the jungle. Uh, we're this at the, the ghost tribe. The where, this is the point of the movie where it did feel long to me. It feels a lot. Well, because it starts to be, uh, uh, it starts to feel that kind of Quatermain problem where it's just like, here's this another tribe. Yeah. Let's just get to the thing. Let's get to the 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 actual the lost city. Like let's get to the fun part. We've already kind of done Nazis first trip into the jungle. Doesn't work. Uh the 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 fucking Casablanca style city getting together the team, get into there and then we're back into a bunch of tribes and the tribes start to get lost. I forget who yeah, is what exactly. and it doesn't matter. I'm like what another fucking tribe like I it's like kind of, just condense it dude like yeah. it really did feel like okay now we're kind of like you're gonna get out of this that whole propeller you know where they the get propeller trapped scene. in the snare which i was like dude you're gonna kill yourself you I can't know. cut this you're gonna immediately get chopped up in this propeller do me a favor hamilton press off on the motor yeah. before you go to cut a fucking re- like a, a net from it because it'll immediately chop your face like fucking jason in friday the 13th part six uh, also, Dudikoff did all of his own stunts. Which is wild. I mean. So, my God. Wait, he might have. No, he got malaria uh, in. Uh, that was Platoon, Platoon Leader, Leader, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the fever dreams he's having in this movie are actually what he got from Platoon Leader. Um, but I think because I, we joked about the bigger arrows, but that's part of it, too. It gets a little monotonous where it's like, okay, now the ball guy's murdered with a bigger arrow. Oh, that's a spear. Yeah, Dan oh, ba- Bacchandall. <laughs> yes, Dan Bacchandall is dead now. Uh, Dan Bacchandall goes golfing. Uh, Dorf goes <laughs> golf with Dan Bacchandall. <laughs> um, uh, we have the, even the, like, the Mistrex is weird that it's like, so, like, in the barrage of tribes, that's when Pleasance decides to lie to Dudikoff. Right. And it's basically just like, look, this is what's going on. My wife and my kids were killed. I'm Jewish. That I'm not really Jeff Bezos. I'm Jeff Bezos Stein, basically. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. he basically makes up a real fake Jew name. Uh, it's very fake. And then pretty quickly, like he tells that, and Dudikoff's just like, okay, cool. I get yeah. it. And then very oh, quickly no, they're no. just like, uh, yeah, they might have had a voiceover going, <laughs> right after. I guess everybody has their story. <laughs> Exactly. And then pretty quickly we find out Serrano's a spy. He's yes. got a tracker. But the, the guy who knows it the gets Portuguese killed. reporter, he find he yeah, he gets killed by Pleasance with the headshot. This is right after Pleasance just told him about that. Yeah. Also, uh hide your tells. I think he shoots him with a Luger, which is Yeah, a, that's like that should have been a huge tell right there, but that's probably where um uh, Pear, or what was his name? Uh, yeah, Pear, uh, the the guy from uh, Space Mutiny. Yep. Uh, and Dahlia, yeah, um, where he might have been tipped off a little bit. But I thought he overheard that that other guy was a spy. Right. But I guess they weren't close enough. 
But then, like, that might have been the tip-off for Pear to be like, wait a minute. He well, shot so him quick. directly in the head yeah. with the Luger. Because it's like two minutes later, he's like, by the way, I think this guy might be a Nazi. <laughs> like, And then they're like, okay. I would have loved uh, if another person came up and said, by the way, these Nazi hunters, you know, <laughs> like, they, like, keep revealing. Fucking Russian nesting doll. I was kind of expecting it because that guy had those fake-looking eyebrows. Yeah, I was just picturing. He takes off the eyebrows and he's like, "Remember me?" Right, and I pictured the mute because I pictured that she was like couldn't speak, that she was gonna have like the thickest German accent and basically just oh, yeah. sound like Hitler. Um, who <laughs> she takes off a mask? It's Hitler. <laughs> Nein, Nein, like he was like, "Whoa, okay." She's got a little mustache. Um, who says I'll blow a hole in you from your butt to your brains? <laughs> oh. Uh... Oh, that was Dudikoff because okay. he tells um, LQ <laughs> yes. if he leaves, yes. he promises that he'll do that. Because also that 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 was a grisly scene when they show up, and the M.M. at Walsh character they see him a, a, oh, to the I tree. Oh, I forgot like, about that. I was like, who did that though? The makeup was that is tribe? brutal. It looks like it's, that's like another like Deodato like fucking Italian yeah. cannibal movie move. I was like, good God, it was disturbing. Certainly, if like the next scene you saw like a woman with like a spike going through her vagina and through her mouth, just like in Cannibal Holocaust, I would have been like, Ugh. oh, this is this movie now. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I guess like I do think maybe like I want to just now have it be that the Luger is what tipped off the Nazi hunters because yeah. I didn't know He's why. Like, wait a minute. Yeah, I had no idea why he tipped him. Why all of a sudden the Nazi hunter was like, wait a second, that's Heinrich Spots. Um, but I was <laughs> like, who's working for who at this point? I know it was very confusing. I will say that because then right after that, like if you're going by timelines, this is a long movie and a quick movie all at once. Like Dudikoff is told that Pleasant's was jewish and then like five minutes later is basically just like you mean like your wife and then like gives them a look like walks away oh, from yeah. him like hey i know what's going on and the look that pleasance gives is so like oh boy <laughs> like he looks Gulp? yes exactly that's where he looked like ralph billingsley or uh peter billingsley to me <laughs> i said ralphie he <laughs> <laughs> looked like ralphie I thought he looked like when Chris Farley would make the like, oh, like after he does the fat guy in a little coat and he makes oh, yeah. a face. <laughs> but again, I think it's just because the director was just like, let him go. Because you're like, what is his, what does he think he's giving us? This amazing actor. But like, what does he think he's giving us on his face? Um, but so, yeah, there's like, now we get into that there's cannibals. Yes. Good boy. So, yeah, Dudikoff's map says, don't worry about it. There's no flesh eaters. And then so immediately again, there's flesh eaters. he's bad at his job. Bad at his job, but not comical enough for it to be charming. It just oh, feels, yeah. like, annoying. So uh, that's, a, like, an Indiana Jones thing where he's, like, that would be, like, a scene in Indiana Jones where he's, like, no, trust me, there's no tri- there's no tribes here. And then yeah. all of a sudden spears would come into the frame. Well, because and you're Indiana like, Jones. And they look up and they're surrounded, but, like, nope. You know what it is? Is because Indiana Jones understood uh, how to hit a tone and how to hit a joke. And that, like, honestly, if you're doing the serial, like, 50s, 40s serial style adventure, you probably actually need to hit the joke maybe even harder than you would imagine to have it almost be like farce. Yeah. And, like, so then there's that line of, like, the guy who is maybe not uh, knows nothing and has been lying, the spy, 
he's like, oh, they're the Thule territorial signs. We see they're cannibals. And then it's like, I don't speak their language. Why didn't you tell me that before? Like, I think that's supposed to be a joke. I think that's supposed to be an Indiana Jones Quatermain style joke. But that's the plus, again, we can give where now I'm with you, where like Chamberlain can't sell a joke. Uh, He's not Molasses 2 by 4 in Firewalker. You know, also, like, I wonder if the line originally was in the script, like, now you tell me. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it should like... be. It's like, because <laughs> why didn't you tell me that before is that's the first draft in a sketch. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where we would be as the teachers. We would just be like, I get what you're going for. It's just like economy of words, but also it's just not hitting it as hard. We're in the second beat already. Like, you can afford to be a little bit goofier. And it should have yeah. been like, now you tell me. Like, yes, because <laughs> especially if what you're going to follow it up with is you've got a joke that's a soft joke. And then they're captured by cannibals. It needs and some it, blue chew to be a hard joke. You, yes, you need some blue chew. Make your soft joke a hard joke. Blue chew. <laughs> <laughs> blue chew, I'm telling you, you we could make you millions here. Uh what it should be after that joke is it goes into a more Joe versus the volcano style comical scenario that will yeah. inevitably be racist. It will yes. inevitably be 80s racism. There's your tag at the top. But yep. what it is, is the Green Inferno meets Cannibal Holocaust meets Make Dude. Them Die Slowly Cannibal Ferox for like three minutes. It's so, it's such a shift that you're like, what the fuck? Right. Because like he, they have the uh, the penis neti pot of penis death. Penis neti pot of death, yeah. And they, which kind of simply like, feel like, felt like overkill. So it's like they make him drink it and then yep. they beat him to death. What was the pur- purpose of making him drink that? Right. They, they force him to drink the blood, which is brutal because it's not like we don't not see the blood all over him. Yeah. And combined with not understanding comedy or the director just letting everyone do whatever they want and that guy, that actor, that spy character basically acting like a humorous Argento character. He is like drunk on blood with his eyes crossed like he's in a fucking <laughs> Looney Tunes cartoon. But then they beat, they, sh- they murder him. They basically are yeah. tearing him apart. It's Dawn of the Dead when they're pulling the guts out of the biker. It is fucking Cannibal Ferox again and fucking Cannibal Holocaust where they're like tearing people apart and eating that guy's penis. Like they cut his penis off. Like it is that brutal. But the shift is like every 10 seconds. Like yeah. it is like you get whiplash from the tonal shift. And I didn't expect it. You didn't expect it. And then didn't expect that then then you would follow up with. Let me just go through the little bit of a timeline of this very quickly. Okay. I don't speak their language. Why didn't you tell me that before? That's supposed to be a joke. It should have been. Now you now you tell me into. Oh, we've got maybe it's going to be a Joe versus volcano scene. No, we're going to force you to drink blood. That is really brutal. The guy's reaction is comical like he's in a Dario Argento film. Now we're back to comedy. They immediately attack him and murder him and definitely eat him very quickly, possibly some parts, 
in my mind, I've got Cannibal Ferrex on the brain, cut his penis off, fucking shove spikes into his asshole, do crazy shit, probably kill an animal, and then go from beating to da-da-da-da, they got shot. Oh, you're saved. Like, it's kind of, like, miraculous. And then, no, literally blow away an entire tribe, which yeah. gets into the problematic part of that is also with Italian uh, cannibal movies where it's just like, well, you're both accentuating something that is real and commenting on something you don't understand, a.k.a., like, kind of, like, different cultures in deep, deep forest of the thing, and, like, both making it more fucked up than it is and not understanding the truth behind it all etc even their discussion of no no they only eat the flesh of their enemies ends up being no we're gonna do the cannibal ferox version we're gonna fucking murder everyone like we're monsters which isn't the case etc speaking of it being problematic i mean that's the one part where they had uh, actual tribe be extras and they were scared because they had never heard gunfire before oh and so that's extra. And when you realize that they were saved by Nazis. Yeah. And then that the Nazis are going to end up bringing him into the final part of this movie, which is just like, what the fuck is gone on in the trajectory of this plot and the tone shifts where now we have been brought into, don't worry, we've murdered all of them. Actually, the colonel from the, uh, who's the guy from the dead zone uh, is at the very least a Nazi sympathizer. And uh, Wolfie has been alive this whole time. Like, surprise, the Nazis live. This is basically like South America slash Argentina. Uh, uh, They have been living amongst this other tribe, maybe? I got confused on tribes again. Yeah. And they, uh, again, the politics. So, like, we find out that this Mengele guy has been doing experiments this whole time. From 1945 to 1965, he's been in the jungle, and he has been doing experiments, I'm assuming using uh, uh, Jeff Bezos Pleasance's money that he had stored away in a bank account that somehow he couldn't get access to. The whole reason Donald Pleasance wanted to get on this trip was so he could find Wolfie and have revenge on him. Wolfie has been doing these experiments in front of a Nazi flag this whole time. Which, as you pointed out, was a real Nazi flag that was borrowed from a neo-Nazi group in South Africa. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. Super fucked. Um, uh, And uh, so his main plan, and this is where I get, again, confused. I thought in the beginning he was basically just like, the Fuhrer is an idiot. I just want to do my plans. But apparently his idea was... The Fuhrer's actually uh, gonna fucking die. Uh, uh, Hitler's days are numbered. But I gotta say, his ideas were pretty good. <laughs> what I should be doing is really focusing even harder on the idea that all of my experiments are to make it so the chosen ones survive and the the scum of the earth die. And the scum of the earth are everything that aren't the Aryan race. Uh, and somehow he has mangled his way into that he has made a disease that will attack everyone but Germans or Aryans? I don't know. I Because again, that's yeah, why all the, that's why all the native tribes have been dying, 
is because they are right. the quote unquote scum, the dirt, whatever it is. The like, and yeah. and and so he's found a way to focus this AIDS allegory, <laughs> which the guy is not planned on giving us, but he still kind of has. Uh, and he's figured it out. So I guess his theory is he's going to now, he's just this close. He's just, he's figured like, this is the moment. Yes. Hamilton has maybe, even though he doesn't really stop it. He has stopped (laughs) the destruction of the world by the resurgence of the Nazis is what we're led to believe here. Or he is going to by stopping Robert Vaughn. Yes. Cool. Just wanted to clear all that up. But all that is then stopped by Donald Pleasance and a bad toupee. <laughs> kind <Yes>. of. <laughs> Where Donald Pleasance has uh, came back. We still don't know how uh, Robert Vaughn doesn't recognize him. <laughs> it is insane. It's a Clark Kent style. Like, how are you not noticing that he is Superman just because he has glasses? We all know this is Donald Pleasance. I mean, you can't not see that. Um, In there, he finds the girl. We didn't mention, we mentioned it before, but Hamilton, Dudikoff, finds the girl. The whole reason he came back was her, and he doesn't save her. Yeah. She's got the disease. He came back to save her just to watch her die. Right. He, and she's, so this is the other part that I guess is supposed to connect maybe to the larger idea, but maybe not. She has the disease. Part of this was figuring out why weren't they getting the disease, but she has it now. And yeah. she makes a point of saying that. She's like, yeah. I didn't think I could get it. Now I got it. She is an anti-vaxxer. Uh, you know what I mean? She's like, I, I don't know anyone who's gotten it. Yeah. No, I've been healthy. I'm healthy like Joe Rogan. I can avoid it. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool. I just got to get uh, this billion dollar uh, classist uh, uh, treatment for when I do actually get it. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't afford all of the things I listed off that aren't actually doing much. Cool. Cool. Whatever. I, I'm not going to acknowledge that part. Um, but yeah, so she but then she realizes she can get it. Uh, she essentially has Omicron. Uh, you know what I mean? Like she's got the version where it's like, no, 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 no. You now you can't dispute this. Yeah. Um, but like, is so is that part of it too? Are we supposed to, from her getting it, also get that kind of fear of just like, oh my god, this Robert Vaughn character is going to unleash us on the world and we all could die, like sort of thing? Know. Or is that not even that- a thought they had? Am I adding too much to it? You might be adding too much to it, but like he would, he should be like, oh. Uh, well, I guess depending on like how targeted his, how does he know, or did he experiment like she was a guinea pig and he's like, oh, I got to perfect it because it's affecting this white woman. I don't know. Like, right. Questionable. Know. <laughs> Just questionable choices. I mean, that's yeah. very candid. I mean, definitely like, and and how can, it's both, uh, yeah, it is so hard when we do this podcast where I'm like both, of course we can read into all this because we that's what we do. Like we're trying to figure out the very the subtext that could be there, but might is probably just subconscious on their end. But also, I'm just like, how could you not? It's right there. Like you're giving us these little bits and handling it so poorly, Canon. Um, uh, so 
I still don't really get, again, the shaman we've talked about. I don't understand <laughs> why the shaman, like, is fucking, you know, uh, what he actually tells Dudikoff, because Dudikoff doesn't completely, isn't the one it's who stops prophesized. it. He's been prophesized that nothing will stop the new order except a grenade. Uh, he so this a prophecy's pretty new. <laughs> yeah, it's fairly new. It started around 1945. Um, I will say when Dudikoff throws that grenade... Could not have looked more unsure about that grenade. <laughs> he, he looks at it like, oh, wait, did I pull the pin? Twice. I thought the same the yeah. same thing. I was like, wait, why did they leave this in? I, I guess they're like, we don't have very many takes. We can't do many takes. So he like literally pulls it back, looks at it, uh, is about to throw it, looks at it again, <laughs> and then throws it. <laughs> I imagine when they said cut, he was, they were like, good, print it. And he's like, really? I got. Did I not look at it? No, no, I think you got it. Don't worry about it. I, I kind of hesitated there. Can I take that back? No, no. no. Moving on. Moving on. Got, we got to give more time to Pleasant Stewart being goofy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Pleasant is trying to stop him or trying to kill Wolfie. But then Dudikoff slips in by accident, <laughs> again, in a comical way. He's yeah. just like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and sorry to crash the party <laughs> and he goes california <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> and so w- even in that though like why is dudikoff jump in with the gunfight like he's no matter who he's trying to stop there he's trying to stop the wrong person <laughs> like in some ways you're just like let one of them kill the other and then move on yeah. uh but we and that's where we get the huge reveal that Maria and I know you read it, but I did it. I literally have in giant capital letters. Oh, she's a little girl. I truly forgot about this shit. Because also I got tricked because at first I was just like, oh, Maria's Jewish. That's cool. Right. And I was like, wait a second, it's even crazier. You let fucking Donald Pleasant suck on your finger and your boob. Ew, gross. That grody man touched you. <laughs> Donald Pleasant's erotic in this movie is a wild ride. It's really unsettling. Ugh, but so then watching him grunt. Ugh, ugh god ugh, damn it. Ugh. So in this section, so how does it actually end up that they all get burned? Does Maria do it or does Yes. Okay. Because she, remember he says, don't do this or this place will blow. Right. She's like, fuck it. Yeah. And then. And then they get like a silhouetted, like uh, like a mat kind of thing where the fire, they're behind a fire, but not really in the fire. Yes. Shot. Right. And we've got that burning Nazi flag and Dudikoff is like looking at it. And that is where I wrote to myself, like he did anything. <laughs> Like, I don't think he he did this. He's like, there, I did it. (laughs) The shaman was right. I am the one. I am the chosen one. (laughs) Because the only way he's the chosen one was by throwing that one grenade that he was unsure of and stopping maybe like one Nazi (laughs) and then coming in like, welcome to the party, pal, basically, and not being a part of the party. Uh, And then, yeah, that is also, again, where I was like, was this all malaria fever dream? Uh, He basically Mr. Magood his way into that. (laughs) Like, he just happened, just happenstance. Dudikov Mr. Beaned it. (laughs) He was definitely. He has a giant turkey on his head. (laughs) Exactly. And then we end with a unclear ending. We end with him leaving 
It's like the opposite of the good ending of Predator. Where, like, it's, like, him leaving in a voiceover of him, like, kind of just, like, escaping and saying, the only thing real is the jungle. I wake up, and I know it's going to be there. And then, like, it ends on the circle, (laughs) fade out. And that just ends. And it was really shocking that that was the end, because I was, like, the woman's dead. Wait, Maria's dead? Anna's dead? Did all of the tribes die? Dahlia's dead. Dahlia's dead. Yeah. Everyone who you brought with is dead it's a mad mad world ended in a but it didn't end all it ended with some concept about the jungle which also is not exactly true like it's just like it's not about a river of death it's about nazis (laughs) how does he get out too unclear uh he gets out by the power of staring at a burning nazi flag I don't know. Also, do you think that uh, the director was like, uh, they're like, the neo-Nazis are like, hey, can we get our flag back? And he's like, uh, about Ooh, that. Gagagagoink. He just does a uh, circle ending on his face talking <laughs> to the neo-Nazis. Yeah. Ain't I a stinker? <laughs> he's got a giant fucking cigar in his mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, and that, that is how River of Teth ends. It is wild. Wilder than I thought it would be. Uh, yeah more both more enjoyable and more boring all at the same time than i thought it would be it's a true mixed bag a true mixed bag a great start to the year of being a true mixed bag in a weird way like i don't know if it would if it you know what it is i think if it showed up on pluto tv i would watch a couple minutes and be like wait what Oh yeah, this movie is wild. And wait for a Donald Pleasance being just a fucking goofball. Um, uh, you keep rewinding the part where Pleasance is sucking on that finger. Oh, God, I would make a loop. It would be like when I listen to that Aphex Twin record from the uh, Ambient that's only on the CD, Stone and Focus, and I watch the hour-long version that someone's made on YouTube, but it will also be like that where it frustrates me because it's beautiful footage of a monkey in the, in the snow of Nepal, but the guy edited it terribly, so you always watch the monkey go like, click, like every time it shifts back, <laughs> like it's not smooth at all, and it actually takes you out of it if you watch the visual. I would have that. I would play that Stone in Focus by Aphex Twin, but or number three, Rhubarb, but it would be just him sucking that finger. Just an hour <laughs> and a half of sucking that finger. And hey, if a Cannon fan wants to make that for us, Godspeed. Um, but yeah, I think I'd stop on it on Pluto, but I would definitely be like, I don't think I'd watch a lot of it. I think, yeah. I'd, I think I'd probably watch like 20 minutes. I'd be like, ooh, River of Death. And then I wonder what else is on. Oh, Starman is on in The Crow? I guess I'll watch parts of those. Wow, The Crow is very 90s, even more than I remembered. Wow, what a wild ride. Starman is wild. Um, How is this the one Carpenter movie I've watched once? Uh, Yeah, I mean, did did we miss anything about River of Death? I thought it was interesting how when he was in that camp with the shaman, and the guard comes up and is like, what, what are you talking about? And he knocks him out. He punches him. Yeah. And there's he just happens to have a ton of grenades and all the ammo you need. So many grenades. That he dropped. Yeah. Well, he got knocked out. 
That is, uh, that's like when you're playing Contra or like the Nintendo Commando that wasn't next to the movie where you'd like try to find a cachet. <laughs> And you find yeah. the one that's just like, whoa, I got it all. Like, here we go. Um, or like Die Hard, when he kills the one terrorist who has all of the explosives. Uh, he, oh, right. I think Heinrich, possibly. Um, yeah, it is amazing. That's just like, bingo. <laughs> I wish that it had one of the beep. <laughs> like yeah, that he looks at the camera and he like raises an eyebrow. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to like it here. <laughs> I, also, the Nazi says, Welcome to our little corner of the world. <laughs> Immediately in my head, I heard the Yola Tango song. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Man. I will say, I wish there were more thick, cartoonish Nazi accents. Like, it actually yeah. feels, like, disappointing when you realize not, that yeah, bigger Nazi- and broader. Yeah. yeah, like, if you're going to do this, man, like, I want just, like, welcome to our camp. <laughs> like, just, yeah. Das just screaming. Yes, yeah. just nonstop. Uh, it should have been, like, a Hogan's Heroes episode at times. But instead, you're just like, all right, Robert Vaughn's going to literally do one line. Yeah. With a German accent. And Pleasance is only when he's talking about my little Wolfie or something. <laughs> um, he'll. It's a, it's a. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, he sounds like Udo Kier for like one second and then moves on. <laughs> I was going to say like the Dana Carvey show, the polite German sketch. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, yeah, sadly you don't get as much German accent or Nazi accent, we want to say, actually. Uh, yeah, I mean, River of Death, I think it's time to rate this thing. Uh, I mean, how many cannons out of 10 cannons uh, do you give this cannon? Frank? I think I give it a 7.5. Yeah. It's exactly what I was going to give it to. Because it's got a lot of, I mean, it's it's got a lot of the elements of canon, but it's not as fun as a canon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what? The lack of fun is what shows that it's 89. That's actually the thing that sticks out the most of it being 89, is it's just like, and it's a lack of fun in a different way than Platoon Leader. But has yeah. the same deal where like it it platoon leader is like tries to be self serious and it's trying to be something that it, it can't be, and this is trying to be everything. But I don't know. Is the cynicism of the nineties into two thousand starting to creep in or something? I don't know. It just doesn't have. Uh, 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 how can it be both? Even Firewalker, like it doesn't have the fun of Firewalker. Yeah, you know. It's like both a little bit more self-aware and not self-aware all at the same time. It has the like we're going into the '90s sort of we get it, but they don't get it. Uh, yeah, and and so yeah, I think seven point five is a good, good round number for that. A good round, not round number. Um, yeah, I mean, River of Death. I'm, I'm glad we watched. It. I was like, I was, I, I was. Uh, I think I said at the beginning, like when we picked it, I both was just like, oh, this might be fun, but also could be a slog. <laughs> uh, and it wasn't really a slog in the grand scheme. It just, yeah, was surprisingly odd. And yeah, if it's on Pluto, you'll watch it for ten minutes and then look and see if Crocodile Dundee Two is on. <laughs> Go to that Joy of Jeff, Painting page. Jeff, why are you so cold blooded? Because I'm in a river of death. <laughs> yeah. That line, remember, I forgot to bring that up. Oh, wait, what line? Him, when she asks him before he says the debutante line. Oh, right. And he goes, yeah. I, 
tonal shifts, why are you baby. So cold blooded. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking tonal shifts. Ugh, man. At least he gets a little boning in, kind of, not really. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> that is the River of Death. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, and people, w- reach out to us. Frank, where can people find us? They can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Canon Cannon. Second Canon is one in. And of course, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Canon Cannon. Uh, we got uh, continue to have a lot of fun things on there. Uh, if they're not up yet, uh, the Wicked Lady got a count, uh, soundtrack corner coming. I got a copy that came in, and maybe today I got Bloodsport coming in. So uh, even if nobody listens or watches them, I'm going to do them. So, <laughs> but you people do watch. I enjoy that you watch these. Uh, and yeah, so uh, sign up for our Canon uh, Patreon. And uh, yeah, we're in the new year. Uh, w- like we said, we we with this new update, we've got so many possibilities for what we could be doing um uh uh, but we'll also see life is also uh you know there's a lot going on in life so we'll see if there's some changes in how the canon exists uh as the months go on as time goes on but we still will be doing some canon product for you don't you worry i mean hell last night i saw the hitcher was now actually streaming on hbo so i was like well (laughs) gotta be doing the hitcher soon and also night of the comet We've had multiple yeah. people on our Patreon again tell us, like, oh, man, Night of the Comet, that's a good one. I was like, you have no idea how many times me and Frank have talked about Night of the Comet. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to Spookies yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. But thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate it. Uh, sign up for that Patreon. I'll help us be able to do more of this. Uh, and until next time, I'm Jeff Garlock. And I am Frank Garcia-Hale. This is The, the Canon. 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 Brought to you by Blue Chew.